The following is a hoop ball presentation. Today is Saturday, December 7th, and we are going to break down a five-game slate with one early game and a four-game main slate uh, in the evening. And I am joined by a new guy that I don't usually get to do a show with. I haven't, it's been a long time. My man, Miles. How are you, Miles? Yeah, Matt, it's our first uh, show together, so pretty excited about that, and it'll be my first uh, back-to-back appearance coming up here, because I'll be on tomorrow as well with Mike. Wow. Well, you know what? You get to see, like, a really good, structured show, and then you get to go work with Mike tomorrow, so, you know, I, I'm just I'm just saying. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, you know, I've done that I think half my shows have been with Mike already, actually. I'm sorry about that. (laughs) (laughs) Well, awesome, man. Let's get this thing rolling. Um, First of all, before we get started, I'd like to thank our presenting sponsor, Hawaiian Isles Kona Coffee Company. Uh, We appreciate their long-term relationship with hoop-ball.com, and uh, we certainly thank our hoopball.com folks. Brew and Dan and everybody at the home uh, home base there that uh, really supports our DFS venture. Uh, we really feel we have the best seven-day-a-week free coverage of DFS NBA. So awesome stuff. We really appreciate them. And uh, like I mentioned, we have one early game that's going to stand alone uh, on the slates tomorrow. It is a 2 p.m. Eastern uh, game, which is an odd time. Uh, here in Dallas, it's a one o'clock start, and so that's even stranger, but it is the Pelicans at the Mavericks, and, and uh, if it's all right with you, Miles, what I'll do is just, uh, it's been sort of a little format Mike and I have been messing with that's gone real well. Uh, I'll just give sort of the pace and defensive efficiency rankings of the teams and then I'll let you sort of game script it a little bit and tell me what you think of the game and we'll, we'll just follow through with it from there. So uh, cool. Let's do it. Uh, Pelicans uh, at Dallas Pelicans fifth pace in the league. So they are definitely uh, getting up and down the floor. They've been increased on their speed of play here pretty consistently the last couple of weeks. They were down in 10th all the way up to 5th. The Mavericks uh, are down at 20th. A little bit more of Luka in the half-court set, either uh, you know, purveying the, the floor and surveying it, whatever you want to say, and uh, either hit the step back three or looking for, for the uh, open man. Uh, and I think we're going to start seeing some double teams of, of Luka. He's going to get a little bit of the hardened treatment, I think, coming up and teams are going to try to get the ball out of his hands, which I can understand. So uh, the pace it will be a pace up game big time for Dallas uh, and a pace game down for the Pelicans. As far as defensive efficiency, uh, the Pelicans are third from last in the league in defense. So that is one thing to take note of for sure. 
So not only a pace up game, but playing a poor defensive team for the Mavs. The Mavs, on the other hand, have improved a little on D. They're 15th break dead in the middle, um, but uh, tightening up a little bit and improving sort of uh, game to game since uh, Poland and some of the interior uh, guys have been stepping up. So uh, should be an interesting game. Lucamania, I'm sure, in this uh, solo showdown slate, uh, Luke is going to be about 88% owned, so it should be interesting. Uh, the only guy that I see out for this game so far, Miles, is Derek Favors. He's been yeah. ruled out. Um, and uh, I know um, Dwight Powell got dinged up uh, on his hand or, or arm, but he is going to play. So that's the lowdown on the game. How do you see it playing out? Yeah, and so, I mean, looking at this and the pricing they have, uh, I mean, you always want to try and get Luca into that captain spot, but they're making it real difficult this time with putting his price at uh, 20000 when yeah. he's in the captain spot. So it's almost making it like impossible to have him there. So yeah. the route I think I might take here is I'm looking at Jackson Hayes to be in the captain spot just because with favors ruled out and mm-hmm. Jalil got a DMP last time. So right. if that happens again, you know, he can easily hit that 30 fantasy point mark and he's you know not going to kill your uh, bankroll in the captain spot and then if you do that you can get luca brandon ingram and drew holiday on utility spots i mean they are followed by a couple of you know hit or miss players with uh kenrich williams is one guy is looking at and Mm -hmm. another guy with seth curry and i mean both those guys can hit value no problem so that's kind of the way i was looking at it um i mean you could play around and stuff but and, I mean, you could even try fading Luca, but it's a hard thing to do in this game slate. Um, yeah. And I, the 1% I decided to fade of the big stars was uh, Chris Fast Porzingis just because he hasn't really been performing that well. And True. it almost seems like they went to timeshare with uh, Dwight Powell, Maxi Kleber, and uh, Porzingis there in the last game. No, that's a good point. And I think your strategy is good. I, You know, it's... It is almost impossible to have Luke in the captain spot. I mean, it really is. You have to go uh, scrubs all the rest of the way. So I don't know if, if that's even doable. So the key is going to be, like you said, figuring out who do you put in that key spot. Um, you know, it's it's interesting. I, I like your point with Jackson Hayes. Dallas hasn't done great against opposing athletic centers. Um I do, you know, I have a little concern because I know the Pelicans like to go small ball a little bit. And uh, with Kenrich Williams uh, coming back, he played in the last game 25 minutes. uh, But prior to that, he had missed some games with a sprained ankle. But uh, his normal run has been 35 to 30. I think he was actually a coach. I think he was out with uh, a Mm -hmm. birth of his child. No, it was a sprained ankle. I, I actually saw it happen. I was watching. Doesn't he just wait for birth of a child as well? No, he hurt his ankle. Okay. If he had a child, I think it's going to be really big news to him. Because <laughs> uh, no, he yeah, because I, I saw him go down with the ankle injury, and then uh, they talked quite a bit about the last game because they wanted to try to give keep him to 20 to 25 minutes in his first game back, but he came out of that game great. So I think. Oh, no, it says right here, after sprained ankle and the birth yeah. of his child. So both of them, he sprained yeah. his ankle and had a kid, huh? Yeah. 
Well, I didn't hear that news, man. That's amazing. That is a that is a coincidence. Well, I'll tell you, that's a narrative that you can play. A lot, a lot of guys come back after having a kid and just have blow-up games, it seems like. So certainly not anything that's going to hurt, uh, you know, hurt. But, but I like Kenrich anyway. I To make, you know, bring that all back around. <laughs> I think, uh, yeah, his role with the team, I think he'll be back in his normal uh, minutes, especially now that, you know, like you mentioned, Okafor sort of in the doghouse again and uh, Favors isn't with the team. So, you know, really it's Jackson Hayes uh, playing the big spot. And then, you know, Kenrich is going to get a lot of those rebounds and a lot of that stuff uh, inside as well. So I think both of those guys will make my lineup from the Pell side. Um, I don't think I'm going to spend the big bucks on Ingram in this game, even though he's absolutely awesome. I think he'll get some really good Finney Smith defense, who is, uh, you know, a really good matchup for him. And uh, I think he'll be able to at least keep somewhat of control uh, of, uh, you know, what he's doing. Um, I'm probably going to do like you are. You know, you can't really fade Luca completely. I mean, his his ceiling is just, you know, in a game like this is like 70. I mean, 75 maybe. And his yeah. floor probably 45 to 50, wouldn't you think? Yeah, I agree with that 100%. I'm thinking he's going to be scoring in the 60 range for sure. Yeah, and so, I mean, you can't fade him. So, you know, if he's – so the, the key is who do you put as that cap and spot? And, you know, for me, I, I really sort of – I know this is going to be a, a reach, but Hardaway Jr. has been playing good ball, getting good minutes – and I like the the matchup here uh, with the pace up game. I, you know, I'm considering Hardaway because I don't think anybody's going to use him in that captain spot. I'm with you. I'm not on the Porzingis bandwagon right now. He's been getting foul trouble quite a bit, and uh, you know, just not performing to what his salary is. So I think I'm going to mess with it a little bit. We're sort of on the same track here. Uh, but, you know, finding the exact guys is going to be very key here. Lonzo Ball might not be a bad play either. I looked uh, at him too. Has, yeah. yeah, he hasn't shot the ball well, but he gets all the stats, assists, rebounds, you know, the whole nine yards. Yeah, he's a um, potential triple-double threat. Yeah. And Drew Holiday is a fantastic player, and he always hurt, really hurts the Mavs. But I've got a feeling they're going to probably try to put him on Luka, and that's, I think, going to zap most of his focus uh, on the defensive side. But Yeah, they'll take a lot of his effort, what I'm too. Assuming. Yeah. Don't you think he'll guard him? Yeah, probably. Okay. Another thing I was thinking, though, was, too, with uh, you are mentioning the captain spot of Tim Hardaway Jr. there. Um, the only thing I've noticed, too, is the last few games, him and mm-hmm. Seth Curry have kind of gone into a timeshare almost. And actually, in the last two games, uh, Secretary has actually got a couple more minutes. And he's actually performed a little bit better than him. So I was thinking maybe you might go with Seth Curry in the captain spot over him even. And I think he's uh, even a bit cheaper. Yeah, I, you know, I'll tell you, though, when Hardaway is rolling, uh, you know, he's been – he stayed with them longer. You're correct, though. I mean, there's a risk. With both guys because oh, yeah. of some For sure. of the minutes. But I think Curry has gotten I do, uh, 
I do like Tim Hardaway Jr. more as a, as yeah. a player, too, even for fantasy everything. But just the last few games here, they've been kind of in that split. And you're Curry's right. One that's been uh, on the up. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, I'll tell you that that's a really good point. And it, it might be a reason to fade both of them, to be honest. I, I, that makes even more sense, really. I, I'll tell you, though, I just I don't like any of the Dallas bigs right now at all. They're, no. None of them are really. No. I know Powell had a game out of his mind last time, but that was a, you know, that was just an outlier. Yeah. And, you know, Kleba, you can't count on, you know, Porzingis hasn't been consistent either. So it, yeah, it's not an easy game. Uh, There's no doubt about it, but uh, you know, I think you still have to find a way to get three or four Mavericks in there because of the poor Pelicans defense and the pace up. So, you know, we'll toss that around. Maybe we didn't help as much as we could there, but I guess the takeaway from that solo game is, you know, Luca making the roster for sure, but not in the captain spot, and then you yeah. know, play some of the bigs from the Pelicans. I mean, that's really uh, what it comes down to. But uh, it's going to be a unique game. I'm, I'm interested to see some of the lineups that do use Luca in the captain spot to see uh, yeah. they're going to have to use. The ball, the ball boy is their last guy in the, in the bill, I think. <laughs> yeah, they're throwing in the water boy. Exactly. All right, uh, let's get to the main slate. It's a four-game slate. Uh, it starts at 7.30, so take note of that. Uh, Eastern time, it's a 30-minute later start than normal uh, for lock. And you've got the Indiana Pacers at the, at the New York Knicks who just fired Fisdale. Uh, this throws Big a whole funky wrench into it. Yeah, because the question is, when their new coach takes over, he usually likes to put his imprint on the team, and Mike Miller is taking over. Yeah, and so do we have? I've read, looked everywhere, and I haven't seen anything yet. But the question is, who is he going to use? You know, and yeah. what are those minutes going to be? So uh, I would Very. say. Very yeah. news-dependent kind of game. Very news-dependent. to uh, follow that throughout the day. Because, yeah, there definitely are some Knicks that I have some interest in, but I want to see what they're going to do. Yeah. Well, you've got – I mean, you absolutely have to uh, stay tuned with us on Twitter tomorrow and at hoop-ball.com and everywhere. Just stay up to speed on it because, you know, if there's any coach talk that comes out – uh, you know, I mean, he really could start, uh, you know, as an example, and I don't have any, you know, this, I'm making this up, but I'm just saying, you know, he may think that Damian Dotson's the guy that's going to get all the minutes at the shooting guard, or, you know, his point guard's going to be Dennis Smith as his main point guard. We don't know any of that stuff yet. Also, you know, Fisdale's been starting Taj Gibson at center. Yeah. Uh, I would think he may go back to Mitchell Robinson. I I'm but who really knows? Hoping. You know, we're guessing though. You know, yeah. so stay stay in tune with the news. I guess you know I my best advice is if for some bizarre reason they don't give any of the news, then because it's the earliest game of the slate, they do have to turn in starting lineups 30 minutes before uh, the game starts. So it might come down to literally watching that news feed of the starting lineup uh, 30 minutes prior to start. And 
you know, you this could be the game that unlocks all the value in this entire slate. You know, if he let's make up another name. Let's say he's gonna start Bobby Portis at the four, and he's you know there's something comes out that he's one of his main guys. And you know, so those kind of people could plug into this. Uh, you know, because they have so many guys that are just average players. But if they're going to get, you know, 30, 35 plus minutes, then you got to jump on them. So that being said, you've got two things going. You've got the Indiana Pacers on a back-to-back that have to travel to New York. They just played a really, really close game with Detroit that came down to the wire uh, that they lost. And uh, so that makes this game extremely volatile. You've got, uh, you know, one negative is you have two slow-paced teams. The Pacers, 23rd in the league, and the Knicks are 28th in the league. Now, is that pace going to change? Maybe this coach says, let's run, you know, let's go, let's go, and it's going to change the whole tempo and, and those stats you can throw out the window. So, We've got to see what that lineup is going to be made up of and, you know, what type of ball they're going to play. But this is a volatile game uh, for sure. On the defensive side, the Pacers are ninth in the league in defense. They are pretty locked down. They had a really difficult time controlling Drummond and uh, Griffin tonight, uh, especially Drummond, another 2020 game. Uh, But, you know, they're not going to face that type of, formidable front line with the Knicks um, and the Knicks are 23rd defensively again you know the scheme could change now with the new coach uh, in that seat uh, so you know I don't even know what to say on this one I mean I guess you could give your best game script guess if you'd like <laughs> what do you got yeah. Miles um, so yeah the players I'm looking at here I know, yeah, Sabonis and uh, Brogner are both on the back-to-back there, but they're two guys I'm looking at. Their prices aren't outrageous, and, um, I mean, Sabonis has been averaging a double-double this year. He has, mm-hmm. with 18 points, 13 rebounds, um, and, you know, he's even been at throwing in four assists a game. He's and, like great. you said, he's going against the Knicks front court, and, I mean, he's been having his way in pretty much any front court. I mean, even tonight against Drummond, he still put up pretty good stat line there. I think he scored, yeah, he scored himself 46 fantasy points tonight. Yeah. So he can do it against anybody. Um, and at 7,500, I think that's a, a good value. Um, the other guy is uh, Brogdon at 7,200. How did he even fare tonight, actually? I didn't check that out. He, he did okay. Not not a normal Brogdon game, but... Uh, yeah, you know, still, yeah 30, 36. Yeah. Yeah, not terrible. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, like in like you said, going against this, yeah, poor defense of a team, and I mean, I mean, maybe that might change depending on yeah who starts and uh, who doesn't. But um, those are two guys I'm looking on that side, and then oh no, sorry, I have one more too, T.J. Warren. Okay. Um, kind of going back to what Mike was saying here, you know, <clears throat> he's only 5400, and he's averaged uh, 30 fantasy points for the last six games, and. His shot attempts have all been in the double digits there, except for in one where he took nine. But, you know, um, he's a good price, and he can easily hit that uh, 30 to 40 mark. Um, Then on the Knicks side of the ball, depending, yes, I'm very news dependent here. um, Mm -hmm. Marcus Morris is at 5,000. So if he's still getting the starting role and still getting his minutes, I like him. I mean, yeah, he had a terrible game last game, but, you know, his shots were still all there, and he's a guy who's averaging 31 fantasy points on the season, 
And you know, he, he can go off for 40, 50 fantasy points on a night. So at 5,000, I think that's a great value there. Um, so if we get the news that he's still in the starting lineup, I'll probably plug him into a few of my lineups. And I don't, yeah, I don't blame you. He's, he's been tough, but the question is, like you said, is he in the rotation? Is he starting? That's going to be the million-dollar question. I would think the only really safe guy that will still start is Julius Randle. So, I mean, you know, that's one thing you can consider yeah. if you're looking for a safety yeah. guy. You know, he's probably the one guy immune to uh, changes of the new coach. But, you know, that's yet yeah. to be seen. I, yeah. The three guys I imagine staying in the starting lineup, the feeling I have is Marcus Morris, Randall, and, and Barrett. Those are the three I kind of feel are going to stay where they are. Yeah, I, I mean, RJ's probably safe, too. I mean, that... They're obviously going nowhere. They're the worst team in the in the league, the worst record. So yeah. you know, think they want to play, develop a young guy. So oh, for that's, sure. Yeah, he's been inconsistent, and I'll tell you, the Pacers are a really good defensive team. They they can stick it to you. So I don't know. I would you know my best advice on this game is don't play it as much as you can until you hear some of the news of who's who's starting, who's playing uh, for the Knicks, because that affects really both sides of the ball, if you ask me. But, yes, it I, does. you know, the, the one guy that I like the best from the Pacers in this game is Brogdon. He's done fine on back-to-backs. He seems immune to getting tired. If you ever watch him play, he just sort of glides along, man. He never – he doesn't look like he's sweating. He doesn't look like he's well, stressing. He plays so smooth. He's well, he's a very efficient player in everything he does, right? So he I imagine it's not, he's not wasting wasting you know unnecessary energy on on things, right? Yeah, I I mean it's it's fun to watch him play. He's like you said, that's the best word for him. He's efficient on the court. So, but keep you know keep in tune with us on uh, for sure on uh, Twitter because we'll be posting stuff uh, all day as it as it goes on. All right, uh, the, the second main slate game is also a 7.30 Eastern Standard Time start. It is the hapless Cleveland Cavaliers against the Philadelphia 76ers. Uh, the big news in this game is Joel, Joel Embiid and Josh Richardson are not playing for Philly. So that certainly changes uh, everything from their side of the ball. And uh, we don't know if Kevin Love is going to play. He's... I guess sick and missed tonight's game and uh, is questionable. The only news that was out on him tonight was that Cleveland was officially taking offers uh, trying to trade love. So, you know, the question is, are they going to play him and showcase him or keep sitting him out with this quote unquote virus uh, until they can move him, or, you know, what's going to take place with that? Uh, is still yet to be seen. As far as pace goes, Cleveland 22nd, Philadelphia 19th, so they're not going to be racing up and down the floor. And Cleveland terrible defensively, 26th. Uh, they're sort of terrible in just about everything this year. And Philly is sixth. However, a big asterisk next to the the sixth in the league de- defensively. Uh, they are the biggest. Uh, shift of one guy sitting out in defensive efficiency. Their game average that they give up is 95 
when Embiid plays, and it's 107 when he doesn't play. So it's it's literally a 12-point swing. Uh, that's how important Embiid is defensively to this team. So uh, not that it makes Cleveland this hot play and a hot take, but they you know don't expect them to be as defensively sound uh, as they normally are. Plus, uh, Josh Richardson is a shutdown, a perimeter defender. So if you're ever going to catch Philadelphia at their weakest in defense uh, without uh, Jay Rich and MB playing, that should give Cleveland a little bit of chance uh, to score uh, more. And if Love plays, you know, uh, it certainly puts him into play. What, what's your take on this one, Miles? Yeah, I was just gonna say, yeah, I feel like with that Embiido too, you know, it, it, you know, when he's in there, it definitely, def- you know, deters people from driving to the net. But with him not there, you know, I'm guessing that's why the teams are scoring more points is because they can drive in through the paint. Right. No worm um, protector. Yep. Yep. Uh, so yeah, with Embiid and Richardson out, I'm looking at the, you know, the three big guys on uh, Philadelphia side there. Mm-hmm. Um, I like Simmons a lot. You know, he's averaged 37 times points against these guys both times they've been out. And I mean, in one of those games, he only had 26 minutes because it was a blow game. Um, but so at 8,200, I like him. He'll have no problem with, uh, yeah, like you said, this poor Cleveland defense. The other guy I'm looking at is Horford because, I mean, you know, when mm-hmm. Embiid is out, his usage goes up. Um, you know, it's quite the playmaker, too. He can do a bit of everything. And at 6,700, I think he's a great price. Yeah. The other guy I'm looking at here is um, as a value play possibly is uh, Matisse Thibel. With Richardson out, he's been uh, getting some decent minutes, even getting the start in some places. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like I said, once again, going up with a bad defensive team, and he's been getting a little bit more confidence going here. He's been putting up a bit more shots. So you know, as long as that yeah, trend continues, he'll be good because that was one of his big problems before. Is he was always good defensively, but he just wasn't taking shots or making any shots. So, right. you know, he, obviously he's not a guy that you can just walk and load in a bunch of places, but, um, you know, I, in GPPs, throw him into a couple of lineups for sure. Um, and then the other guy is Tobias Harris. Yeah. I'm not as hot on him because he has been priced up quite a bit. And I find that his game is a lot of, you know, depending on his shooting, you know? Mm-hmm. If he's cold, he can score 20 fast points like he did on the first time out playing against this team. But if he's hot, he can go and score 48 fantasy points like he did the second time out. Right. So very uh, dependent on the shot there. So of those, you know, big three at the start, they're more interested in the Simmons and Horford. Um, and then on the Cleveland side, I didn't have much interest at all in my of them. Um, yeah. I mean, like you said, too, we got to wait and see what uh, is going to happen with Kevin Love. But even if he's rolled in, I'm... I still don't even know if I have much interest in him. He's really He's cooled off since the start of the year, right? Yeah, He's and not he caught a lot, too. Big points like he was. Yeah. Um, but I do like Kristen Thompson uh, playing, you know, at uh, he's only 6,100. And, I mean, he managed 35 fantasy points both times out, and that was with Embiid playing. So, right. I mean, as long as they're not pulling him away from the uh, hoop too much, I think he can definitely get you value there. What about you? What, who you got on this slate? Well, I you know I sort of like this game. I think it's going to be stinky because no one's really going to play it. I think uh, they're going to just look at it as a low-scoring uh, blowout potential game, which I get it. I mean, it certainly you know looks like that way you know from the periphery. But 
I think that this game has some value to it. I think with Embiid and Richardson out, and like I say, you know, their defensive yeah, efficiency. I think, you know, I think there'll be some points here. And, you know, on the Cleveland side, yeah, on the Cleveland side, I like Tristan Thompson. I think um, I think that he'll have a solid game here because uh, Philly likes to place uh, Horford at the five when it beats out. So I think that, you know, the only time Thompson really seems to struggle is when he's going against the really – big athletic centers like, you know, the Bama out of bios and, and guys go bears and things. But, you know, with Horford playing center and then they bring Mike Scott and some guys like that in, I think uh, Thompson, you know, is a sure double double here. And I feel comfortable with his salary uh, on the Philly side. I, every single time that Embiid has been out, he's missed four games and the, the last four games he was out, Horford made value 5x or better in all four of those games. So I don't see how you don't just plug him in. He's also, uh, you know, he should be like $1,000 more than he is when he beats out because all of his stats go up all the way around. And the other guy that I really like is Tobias Harris. He's one of my favorite plays on the slate. He's been on fire lately, playing with a lot of confidence. I think he can get some more uh, not be as point dependent and get some other statistics as well with more them beat rebounds. out. Yeah. More rebounds. And even, you know, how they played through and beat a lot. They will, they do play through Horford quite a bit when it beats out, but it also increases how much uh, Tobias touches the ball. And he's not a bad passer. He's competent uh, in passing the ball. And so I think, you know, he can, uh, add some stats across the board, include a, you know, including in scoring in the mid 20s, uh, real points. So I, I really like him in this game. I'll probably have three guys uh, out of this game, and I think that will be the big differentiator for me because uh, I think a lot of people will either skip this game or maybe just put uh, one guy in. So this, I'm looking for this to be uh, a something for you. Uh, a different. Yeah, I, I do. I, I know it's going to be against the grain, and it's going to be very, uh, you know, e- extremely different to what most people's strategies. But sometimes, you know, being contrarian is uh, is a good thing. So I'm hoping that works out on this one. No, I like that call a lot because, yeah, like I said, I like I like those three big guys on the 76er side, and I was planning on playing usually at least two of them in uh, my lineups. Oh. Just because, like I said, it's I'm yeah. probably going to go more with the balance lineup than I am going to go with the Stars and the Scrubs when we're going to go and talk about the next game coming up here. Absolutely. And and I'll tell you, the uh, I think that is if this game stays close enough, it can it can really, you know, the only big threat is is the blowout could really uh, mess some things up. And, and I'll tell you, I, a lot of people are going to go to Thibault and Cork Moss because those guys are going to get big minutes, but I don't know. I, I'm afraid of him. I, I've watched Thibel, and yes, he's a terrific defender, but he's still somewhat incompetent offensively. I mean, I just think I, I, it's a risk. I mean, I, I think a lot of people are going to take him because, you know, he's d- put up four or five steals in a couple of different games, and, you know, he's tempting, but I would say watch the trap there. That's all. 
Yeah, no, I, I like I said, I, I was, you know, I like him, but I'm not locking and loading him. Yeah, yeah. Good GPP play, I guess. Yeah. No doubt. Uh, you know, and just quickly here, too, is at the midway point, we have two more main slate games left. You know, again, you know, this is a three-step process. I know I mention it on every pod, but I want to make sure our listeners know. You know, listen to this show. We put it out late the night before. You know, it's it's Friday night right now. It's for Saturday's uh, slate. It'll come out late tonight. You can listen to it then or first thing in the morning, breakfast, whatever. You know, t- absorb that. Start building a shell lineup. Get that going. And then you really got to follow us on Twitter and keep an eye out for the news because uh, that makes all the difference in the world. I mean, the news that came out. Today, for example, when we, you know, found out that Isaiah Thomas wasn't going to play, it made Ish Smith a plug-and-play, no-brainer point guard, and he did a great job. Those are the kind of things you've got to catch. If if you're not and you're trying to throw lineups in head and then just go with it, you're you're not going to win. You got to really watch it down to the wire. So you know, dial us up on the podcast. You can just search for NBA DFS today or just DFS today. You can find us everywhere podcasts are found. We're on iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, Podbean, iHeart, Spotify, YouTube, you name it, we're there. Uh, We just ask you to take 15, 30 seconds, rate, review, subscribe, hit the five stars, likes, positive reviews. If you have a a second or two, give us a, a couple of positive words. It really helps us build the show, grow the show, reach out to some sponsorship. And our goal is to keep this above the pay in front of the paywall. We want to keep this seven day DFS coverage free. We, we brought you every single slate in the preseason, every one so far in the regular season. And we're going to do the same in the post season. So uh, please keep supporting us there. Follow us on Twitter. Like I say, you know, follow us tonight, tomorrow. We'll be posting stuff constantly. I'm at Joe Sarvati, J-O-E-S-A-R-V-A-D-I. He is at Miles6565. We have our man, Mike Apatry, at M-I-K-E-A-P-O-T-R-I-A. And Andrew is at Language Olympic. He's going to be in Vegas, so good luck to you, Andrew. Clean him out in Vegas this weekend. But I don't know if you'll catch him on Twitter because he'll probably be at the craps table. But uh, the rest of us will be there. You can catch us. And also just look up uh, Hoopball Fantasy. Uh, that is our Twitter handle for hoop-ball.com. And we have our blurbers and everybody throwing stuff up there constantly. They can give you some updated info as well. All right. We've got that going. Two games left. We have an 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, and then we do have a true late-night hammer solo 10 o'clock game. So the 8 p.m. game is the Phoenix Suns at the Houston Rockets. Uh, As we were talking before the pod, we expect that this will be the game that everybody targets, everybody stacks, and everybody goes after. And I can understand why. It'll be the highest over-under on the slate. and uh, it makes sense. Uh, the Suns are the 11th in the league in pace, and Houston is tied for first. So they're going to be getting up and down the floor, no question about it. Defensively, these teams aren't that bad. Uh, Phoenix is 19th, but they were 7th uh, before the Baines injury. 
and it seems like they drop a spot or two every day since Baines has been out. So one guy in the interior defense sure can make a hell of a difference, and, and that has happened with Baines. But all in all, Phoenix is not a bad defensive team. Monty Williams is a good defensive scheme coach, and you know I think it'll be interesting to see how they defend the Rockets. Uh, I don't know for those of our listeners that watched the, the Raptors-Rockets game, it was amazing. I, I couldn't believe it, really. The Ra- Nick Nurse and the Raptors decided that they were going to go with uh, something I used to run in high school. I, they don't even run it in college very often because the players are so good, let alone the NBA. But what they did was is uh, they had uh, one guy on, on Harden, and he guarded him up. Ananobi, I think it was. They guarded him up the floor. And then the second he crossed half court, whoever was up high, whether it be Van Lee or Lowry, they ran and literally double teamed him, forced him to give up the ball to an open player, and then they played four on three. So, I, I mean, it crushed Harden for DFS purposes, but it wasn't effective for the Raptors to win that game because, you know, the NBA players are too talented. So House dropped a bunch of points, and, I mean, you give – you give those guys 15 to 19 footers wide open, uh, they're going to kill you every time in the NBA. So I don't know if Monty will run anything like that. I don't anticipate that he will, especially since it wasn't effective for Toronto. So for that reason, my big pay-up guy on this slate, I'll be probably with 70% of the, the field on this, uh, is going to be Harden. Harden is going to be uh, the guy I think he'll rebound from that Toronto game. It's a home game, uh, again, without Phoenix having having really good rim protection. You know, if they're playing Kaminsky in the paint, he's, you know, I think I could finish uh, a layup uh, with him in, in the middle. Uh, probably not, but I'd like to <laughs> anyway. Um, but uh, so anyway, and then, um, you know, th- that's going to be a big key to the game. But I think, you know, in breaking it down, you know, that's sort of where you have to start is, you know, are you going to go the hardened bandwagon that direction or are you going to try to script it another way? So what do you got, Miles? So, yeah, I'm, I'm going to try and script another way. Okay. I want to try and build the more, uh, like I said, balanced lineup here. And the one yeah. guy I'm liking a lot off the Rockets is uh, Clint Capella. I mean, he came to, is coming off a down game against the Raptors. Great but um, yep. with Baines doubtful. And I mean, it's this Frank Kaminsky and Dario Saric in the front court. You know, yeah. they're a far cry from Gasol and Mbappe. And check Diallo too. Check Diallo a little yeah, bit. Yeah, a little bit. But you know, like I said, far cry from what the Raptors front court is. Oh yeah. And I expect him to have a big bounce back game here. And I mean, it's hard not to recommend a guy who's had 20 rebounds and you know seven of the nine last outings he's had. And I mean, I the one other game that he didn't get 20 had 19. You so, know, he had 20 rebounds. Six games in a row. Yeah. Which I don't know if I've seen that in in like 30 years. I, I I'm gonna have to look that stat up, but I don't remember seeing that unless you go back to like Jabbar and those guys years ago. I definitely think it did. I think it said it broke something like for at least Rockets. I think it was a franchise record or something like that. Amazing. And that's a team that had Moses Malone and Akeem Olajuwon. So yeah, pretty yeah. interesting. Yeah, no, I know for sure there was some, they had a stat about it. I just can't remember exactly what it was, but I mean, yeah, he's just been playing, you know, out of his mind here since he's come back from that concussion. Yeah. 
Um, so then, yeah, besides that, I mean, there are some uh, value plays on the Rocket side that I'm kind of having a little bit of interest in here. I mean, uh, I guess like what you said with uh, them double teaming harder, left some people open. And I'm guessing uh, Ben McElmore was one of those players because he, he had was. 40 fantasy points last game. McElmore and House were the two biggest beneficiaries and a little P.J. Tucker. Yeah. Yeah. And I mean, if McElmore is starting again. I wouldn't mind throwing him in a couple of lineups just to see if he can continue with this three-point shooting that he's been doing. I mean, in the last game, he has 8 of 17, and then two games before that, he was 6 of 11. So, I mean, if yeah. he keeps on just going down there and checking those up, I mean, he could hit value, no problem. And, like, that's the reason I like Clint Capella a lot in these games, especially with these two teams, is they're going to just be throwing a bunch of, you know, three-pointers. And if they're missing those, he'll be there to grab that rebound. Yeah. Um, then for the... Sunside, I'm iffy about trying to go out to Devin Booker because he is getting priced up there. I mean, he did have an amazing game last game. I oh, think, yeah, he scored 71 and a half fantasy points, so <laughs> phenomenal. But um, the guy I'm looking more on that side for uh, the balanced kind of lineup there is the Ricky Rubio. And, I yeah. mean, he had a good game last game, too. I think he got 53 fantasy points. I mean, these numbers are a little, you know, embellished because they went to, I think, a second OT in that game. Yeah. But, I mean, like I said, once again, if uh, Rubio's teammates are hitting the, you know, uh, shots that he's passing to them, he'll be racking up the assist again. Um, and at 6800 I like that price. Um, besides that, I'm not, like, you know, 100% on any other guy in this game. Um, you know, Frank Comiskey can get, a you know, decent points and stuff, but not somebody I'm really big on this time. And... Uh, yeah, Daniel House is another guy I like too for the that you know lower pricing. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean besides that, depending on if you're needing them or not, maybe you know we can maybe look at Austin Rivers or uh, Cameron Johnson. But those guys aren't you know anybody that's jumping out to me. What about you, Coach? Well, I you know I, I a couple of things here. First of all, like I say, I'm gonna, I'm gonna. Uh, start my build with with James Harden, um, and I love your take on Clint Capella. I think Capella is a fantastic play. I'm going to try to fit him in. The question is salary wise. I don't know if I can do it, but uh, I you know those are the two guys I absolutely love from Houston. I I am not on the Westbrook bandwagon. I know he's you know putting up some triple doubles and such, but man, he is, he's struggling shooting the ball. Oh yeah. And they call him, yeah, he, they call him brick book for a reason, right? Yeah. He couldn't make anything and he, he was wide open. So I, I'm steering clear of him cause he's expensive anyway. And I just don't trust him at all. Um, you know, one, one interesting statistic though, that I can say on the positive side for Westbrook is, Right now, he's second in the league in defensive efficiency against the other team's point guard. So his focus this year, uh, he had said coming into the year, was to on the ball defense. He was taking that challenge. You know, he knew he wouldn't have to score as much with Harden on the team, and he really was going to focus on shutting down some of the other team's point guards, which he's done. He's done a fantastic job. So I think he'll stone Rubio pretty damn good. So I think Rubio's a trap. Be careful with him. Uh, I do love Booker, though. He's going to get hard in defense, and Booker is hot right now. And if this game is to stay within shouting distance, 
he's going to have to throw another 50 or 60 fantasy point game up there. I don't know if he'll uh, reach 70, 70 again, but uh, I think Booker is a great play. I love Harden, and I, I want to try to fit Capella in. Uh, other than that, you know, I, I think that everybody's going to try to play the periphery guys because they're going to see this as the game that they have to stack. So they're going to be forcing in guys like Kaminsky and uh, Cam Johnson and uh, Kevin uh, uh, House, Daniel House and, and Macklemore. I don't want any of those guys. I think they're going to be all uh, 10, 12, 15% higher owned than they should be. And I'm going to try to stick with the main dudes in this one. Yeah. No, All right. Don't, don't knock you for that. I, I'm I'm thinking I'll probably, you know, try and pluck out one or two of them and put them in there. But, yeah, you know, like you said, it's not always uh, easy to pick the right one. And that's the key. That is the key. All right. Last game on the slate, brother. This is it. 10 o'clock. Late game. Hammer. Sweat. Late night sweat. No other game on. It's going to come down to this one. And the sad part for Coach here is Coach is going to already have all his DFS points in the tank, and I'm going to have to sit there and just root against everybody because <laughs> this, this is a Memphis versus Utah at Utah. You've got uh, you know the sixth fastest team in the league in Memphis. However, that's skewed because a lot of that speed was due to Job Morant. And, you know, I, I don't trust uh, that they will play at that same level of speed, especially with Utah, who, who likes to grind it out. Now, Utah is in the middle of the pack. They've been playing a little bit quicker, but they're still a, a really ground, grinded out team. And uh, defensively, Memphis is 22nd. Utah's in the top 10. Uh, they uh, tied for 9th, 10th in the league defensively, so they do a good job. But, you know, the other key factor in this game is neither team may have their point guard. We know for sure John Morant's out. Uh, and Conley is questionable. And from what I read tonight, it sounded more like doubtful to me. So we may have neither of the starting point guards. Also on the Memphis side, uh, Brooks is also questionable. And he's been a huge part of what Memphis is doing. And Anderson, their key uh, slow-mo off the bench, is uh, also doubtful in this game. So with a lot of injuries, uh, you know. Clark is also ruled, though, as well, his left hip. Yeah, and Clark's out as well. So, you know, it makes you want to play Joe Their bigs are out. But do you really want to go against Rudy Gobert, the two-time defensive player? uh, Did you see what he did to him last time? No. He smashed no, it last time. Joe Val did? Yeah, he did. Well, I don't that's know. That's why I'm looking at it. Well, that, that's... Yeah, he scored uh, 53 fantasy points against him oh. last game. 22 yeah. points, 17 rebounds. Oh, my God. Blocks. Well, then you got to consider it, although it might pissed off Gobert. And he may come back with vengeance. Uh, that's going to be an interesting one. That could be a real pivot play. I mean, I would say go for it. I think I would prefer Capella, but uh, no. I mean, if that's a great stat. I'm glad you brought it up. I didn't realize that. But, uh, you know, the game is at Utah. You know, the, people don't talk much about Utah, but it's not quite as much as Denver. But there's still an elevation 
and it's still a, quite a home court advantage. Um, you know, the, the one guy that's everybody's sort of happy pick right now is DeAnthony Melton, and I get it because he shows that he's got some ability and he, he's splitting time uh, at the point. Actually, I may get more minutes at the point uh, than Tyus Jones, and, and I don't mind Melton. I, I really don't. He second started the half. second half on the yeah. last game they played, so maybe he'll get the start from the beginning on this game. And and I think, you know, you, if so, you, you got to really think about it because he's cheap and he seems to be efficient. And if Utah's not going to have Conley or Conley is plays and isn't at full speed, Melton might be a, a sweet little play. But, you know, there is going to be some value you can pluck out of this game with, with all the guys missing from Memphis. I mean, yep. you may get a an awesome game from a Solomon Hill or an awesome game from a Grayson Allen. Crowder. Oh gosh, I can't put Grayson. <laughs> well, if uh, Brooks is out, I feel like they're going to be plugging in uh, Grayson Allen he play, there. He could play thirty some minutes. I know. <laughs> I know. Yep. But anyway, I won't take any more time on this because I'm not going to play much of it at all if if other than melton maybe but what do you got man i know you've got a couple of uh, late night sweat guys you're gonna play yeah so yeah because if i'm going with that uh balanced build here i might put uh capella and valentunas in the same lineup you know he gives my all utility right. spot for valentunas mm-hmm. um because yeah he's been just on fire the last uh three games here um let's see what's the lowest he's the lowest he's scored is that 53 fantasy point game otherwise yeah. he's had 60 and 58 um yeah. i and love Val. i really do but it's gobert in utah <laughs> he already smashed him once i guess yeah. it can happen it can yeah. happen the other thing is too he's getting that 30 point uh or 30 minute mark and then he's even getting he got 32 and 34 in uh the two games before that um, and with Clark out, and like you said, Clark, Anderson, um, and Brooks, like all out there, it's there's a lot of minutes to go around. So how do you going to be uh, <clears throat> getting below that 30 minute mark? And they'll need him in there to be going against uh, Gobert. Yeah. Um, and then on the flip side, there, I like, I still like Rudy Gobert. I mean, it's not like he did absolutely terrible last time. He still got. Uh, 40 fantasy points against them. And, I mean, he's also going to have to be out there. Valentinus is out there as well. Right. Uh, and, I mean, 7,300, it's not an outrageous price for him. You know, he can get up into the high 40s, low 50s. Um, but yeah. I still think I might lean more towards Valentinus. Just, like I said, yeah. he's been on fire. Yeah. The other guy I'm looking at here is uh, Donovan Mitchell. I mean, it's a plus matchup for him. Um, one of his best games this season has come against them where he scored 53 fantasy points. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, if he's hitting his shot, he's going to be he's gonna be giving you that little fire symbol on the DraftKings. Well, I'll tell you, Brooks is a pretty good defender, and that's who would guard him. And if he is out because he's questionable, you might be on to something. He could be one of the higher scorers on the slate. Wow. I'm sure Brooks was guarding him earlier in the year, and he seemed to have no problem with that. So I still oh. like him if he's playing. Good, 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 good. And then, yeah, I, like I said, for uh, like you mentioned earlier, the value plays at Solomon Hill highlighted there uh, with uh, Clark and Anderson out. He's going to have to get minutes. And yeah. uh, two games ago, he had a 40-point fantasy game outing against the Pacers. Oh, that and that's a, a pretty good front court. So, you know, 
no reason he can, you know, he probably don't expect that again. I, my expectations more lying around the 25, 30 mark would be, I think more reasonable to think. I mean, last game, if he had hit two of his three uh, or two of his four three pointers, he would have been hitting, hitting around that 25 fantasy point mark instead of the 17. Yeah. I'll tell you one guy I'm not going to play. He crashed and burned my entire lineup. I had the like a uh, nuts lineup, and it was yeah. Joe Ingle last oh, game. It was I, I saw your tweet about that. Yes, I was ready to. Uh, I, did you see the baseball guy chasing me like he was going to oh, kill yeah. you? <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. So I could, don't touch I, I, Joe I, Ingle. I looked at his fantasy points there. I was like, oh, yeah, I can see why. It made sense too, because I, oh, you know, he was going to play a lot of point, and I just thought it was a good play. But. Usage opened up with Conley being out, and the game yeah. before when Conley had missed half the game, he went out and he did great. He did great. So you just get all the signs were there, thinking it's going to happen again. Gigantic but. sucker play, Jingles. Jingles <laughs> is never. I said on there, and I'm not I'm sticking with it. He's not going to make my lineup the rest of the year. I'm you done know, with the, the thing is for like yeah for cash games I don't think so but yeah for GPPs he is one of those guys that he's like I said he's he's up and down he has not had any yeah. consistency this year so no. but GPPs for 4500 I might maybe plug him in in, in a couple spots oh, but I know you won't be plugging him in anywhere heck no heck no <laughs> no doubt well awesome man that should be good i mean that gives it gives a good solid breakdown we talked about just about every player that uh is you know makes sense but you know some of the news we need to still hear i would yep. say you know the news is gigantic um certainly the kevin love news is important and then the yeah, entire yeah. nick franchise yeah what the hell they're gonna do so who knows there but uh yeah yeah definitely so any other uh, any other comments on the slate? How how are the people gonna win all the money, man? Yeah, I don't know, man. Like I said, it's I because I think because yeah, going with your lineup of having the Harden, I think it's it's either you're you're gonna hit value with Harden or you're gonna struggle with all the you know having the trying to find the value or players to make that Harden lineup work. Right. I'm really liking this balance lineup look here, and I'm there's a lot of players that I like in that you know. 8,000 to 6,000 range that I think are going to go out there and perform well. All I can tell you, Miles, is fear the beard. That's all I'm going to say. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah, man. It's scary. You're really, you know, if you're watching him play and you're just watching the fantasy points climb and you don't have them, you're just sitting there going, oh, well, you're just hoping that your rest of your players are going to go out there and have smash value as well, but... Well, and D'Antoni never takes them out. He doesn't care if they're up 30 or what at the prop. He just leaves them in. It's crazy. It is yep. crazy. Yep. Well, well, all right, man. Great show. You Enjoy. always want them at the end of your – like if you have them season long, you're always just happy because you know the exact thing. He's never oh, going to yeah. fit, and he's never going to yeah, play half. Oh, well, Mindy runs out of gas in the playoffs. <laughs> they, you know, good that's the – Not good for real basketball. Exactly. If you're a Rockets fan, you gotta hate it, man. No <laughs> doubt. Well, you got to do this show with me tonight. Like, I mean, it's this is a good. I mean, it's awesome. We did a, we did an hour an hour show, and then tomorrow you're stuck with Mike Apostrophe. Yep. Back, back to me, Mike. What are you yep. gonna do? 
You know, <laughs> he gets real heavy. You got to carry him through these shows. You're going to get a sore back. Oh, I but, mean, I can't, uh, I can't yeah. quite say that because, I mean, the whole reason I'm here is because I asked for his help to not fly solo tomorrow. So I don't <laughs> think I can quite throw him under the bus that much there. Oh, You're going to get me in trouble here, coach. <laughs> no, no, no. We beat each other to death when we're when we have the opportunity to. But, you know, we're he's my buddy. He's he's good. You'll, it'll be a great show. And Sunday, I think, is more activity. So. Yeah, how let me ten games. Wow. Okay. And there's our uh, radar. Hey, we we have a uh, a, a mascot. Cool. Donut. Get him! Get him! Get him! I think what's the reaction is because you are fading uh, Harden, and I think Fog understands what a risk that is. If only he was that smart, hey? <laughs> hey, you know it, man. All right. Well, fantastic. It's been a fun show. Uh, you know, you guys uh, enjoy the, the car tomorrow, the early Mavericks game. Uh, that'll be awesome. Then definitely join uh, Miles and Mr. Patria tomorrow. Uh, it's actually a nice eight-game slate, eight so that's perfect uh, for Sunday. Yeah, that'll be perfect. So you guys uh, enjoy that. And, um, Miles, it's been fun. I, I look forward to when we do another one together. Yeah, great for first podcast with you. And, yeah, I look forward to the next one. Sounds good, buddy. All right. Well, thank you all for joining us on another edition of Hoopball NBA DFS today. For Miles and Mike Patry, Andrew Hansen, the whole team at hoop-ball.com, uh, I'm Coach, and we will catch you again on the next episode of NBA DFS Today when we look to crush it for you on the DFS slate. Thanks and good night. Good luck, guys. Have fun. This has been a Hoop Bowl presentation.